Chicago Bulls Covered Show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my buddy and co-host here, Mr. Trey Hill, to break down um, a painful 104-109 to loss to the lowly New York Knicks that we should absolutely f- cream. Uh, nine out of ten times we play them, Trey. Uh, how are you feeling, man? Let me just ask you that. How are you feeling? The Magic loss was the worst loss of the season. This loss, I think, is the most disappointing loss of the season. Because the Bulls came out pretty strong. Things looked good in that first quarter. And then they just gave the game away. And when games are as important as they are right now, and the Bulls have said numerous times, you know, over and over that they know this, seeing them just kind of not put forth the effort and the intensity needed to get this done, that's that was it was just very disappointing. Yeah, um, to say the least, I mean, this is just not fun for Bulls fans. I have a theory, though, Trey, about why the Bulls are struggling, but we'll go after that in a minute. Uh, listeners, please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Go follow it. Right now, um, so one thing about you know the defense, I mean, I felt like the Knicks were getting an open three anytime they wanted, you know. I, and of course, I was working tonight, so I only got, got to see bits, bits and pieces of the game. But the Bulls were collapsing on defense, which you know I'd rather give up a three pointer, obviously, than an open layup. But they were leaving the wrong guys open. I mean, you know, Alec Burks, I think tonight was uh, what five of ten, I think, from the three point line. Yeah, five of ten from the three point line, just constantly leaving him open. Fournier was one of eight, thankfully. Uh, he should have hit more. Uh, Toppin, okay, I'll give you Toppin because he's not a great three-point shooter anyways, but he went three of six tonight. So after he hits a few, you'd think he'd be a little, have a little bit more urgency getting out to him for that jump shot. And, yeah, the Bulls had the hands in the hand in the face for a few of those shots, but it felt like the Knicks had dissected our defense and were getting that shot anytime they wanted to on the weak side. The Bulls had, it seemed like they had no point of attack defense tonight. Everything was constantly getting into the paint. R.J. Barrett like three or four times just got used as left, almost as if the Bulls didn't realize he was left-handed, just got right to the paint and finished with ease. It was just over and over the the Knicks were able to exploit the Bulls' defense, except in that first quarter. In the first quarter, the Bulls doubled some, and the back-end defense, it wasn't it – wasn't, it, it, the rotations were, were crisp. They were quick, and those doubles came hard. But then the Knicks started running that pick and roll over and over. And the Bulls players, they they were going under screens. They were getting caught up in the screens. And the Knicks just did a great job of taking advantage of that space. They they really kind of killed the Bulls with the lob, I thought, in the third quarter. They're over and over. They're like four or five plays in a row. They just ran the pick and roll. Knowing Vooch was going, you know, they just got Vooch in that between a rock and a hard place. And Mitchell Robinson's so athletic, he can go up and get the ball. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you broke it down really well, Trey. And um, man, this this just stings so much. <laughs> it's so disappointing. Uh, but like you said, that first quarter, I mean, I think we can take some good things from that one. Um, I thought if we're going to talk about Demar and Zach, I thought that they both looked like their you know regular selves uh, in this game. It, maybe Zach struggled a little bit here and there, but for the most part, I felt like they really you know 
came showed up and played the basketball that you know we know that they can play. Uh, Levine went eight of seventeen from the floor for twenty seven points. Uh, DeRozan twelve of twenty six for thirty seven points. Twelve of twelve from the line, getting to the line uh, with ease. Seven assists for DeRozan also, which was really nice to see uh, in four turnovers. Which you know it is what it is. Uh, Vucevic sixteen and thirteen. Um, there were spots where I did not like what I saw out of Vuce. Um, there pretty much always are. Uh, I'm still convinced that you know, and you know, this is. Listen, Bulls fans, we were never, I don't think, going to even entertain the idea that we were going to win a championship this year. I think we got excited when they were on that winning streak uh, and DeRozan was playing out of his mind. But I think this is a, you know, a building block for the future. I think we need to just like try to logically assess what the what the Bulls need. And here's my theory for why the Bulls are struggling right now, Trey, the last couple of weeks or so. Um, the refs have swallowed the whistle, man. It's been tight. They have let the physicality go, and the Bulls can complain as much as they want to. I see them complaining every freaking game to the refs, but it's happening on the other end too. The Knicks were getting bumped on their drives also, and uh, they won. They beat us fair and square. Um, I don't really think the, the refs were uneven tonight. Did, did you think that they were? No, I didn't think the refs were uneven at all. I thought the Bulls were small, and they were punished for it. And I, I think you're right. They've just continued to be punished for being small, and they don't get – no physicality. They don't get the whistle. They don't, yeah, there's no physicality. physicality they, they don't get the benefit of the doubt with the whistle, I, except for DeRozan with his shots. You know, he's always getting to the free throw line. We can count on that. And Zach even got to the line 10 times tonight. So that wasn't even necessarily a problem. It was just tonight it was the Bulls' lack of size. And I think the fact that Billy Donovan was so reluctant to go to Patrick Williams, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't play hardly at all. I don't think he played at all in the first quarter, and I don't think he played at all in the third quarter. 12 minutes and 40 seconds just about entirely in the whole game. But you know what, Trey? Um, I do have a bone to pick here with Patrick Williams, and I do agree he does help with the size quite a bit. Uh, I did notice he, he, set a, he set a few screens when he was yeah. in. But he was also, the minutes he was in, he was playing with Tristan Thompson. I would like to see him out there with Vucevic, with a guy who can stretch the floor. So when he is setting, like when he does get in those actions, the floor is stretched. But go ahead. Let me know how disappointed you are at Patrick Williams. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've defended Patrick Williams in the past, so I feel like I have, uh, you know, some some uh, just cause here to give him a, a little a little razzing. <clears throat> but I did see some, you know, mental lapses there on defense quite a few times on offense specifically too. There was one play in particular where he caught the ball in the middle of the lane. He was looking for a, a high low, just dump pass to Vucevic, and he threw it right to the right to the Knicks. Um, and you know that's just the kind of stuff that can't happen. Uh, with Patrick Williams, he's got a really slim, you know, margin of error here because he's not a guy that's going to be a high usage guy. So um, he can't be turning the ball over. He did only have that one turnover, but um, I, I just felt like there were times, especially on the defensive end, when you know, when we're looking at that, and you know, we're saying that that Patrick Williams is going to solve a lot of our defensive issues. He's getting blown by by R.J. Barrett. Um, you know, he's just looking flat-footed out there. Um, I didn't necessarily like what I saw out of Patrick Williams tonight, but I do agree with you, Trey. I don't think that's a, that's necessarily going against what you're saying. I think he does give us some size. Yeah, and that's really what I was looking for because Mitchell Robinson had eight offensive rebounds tonight. Uh, R.J. Barrett had three. The Knicks were just punishing the Bulls on the mm -hmm. offensive boards, and that was they were they were using actions to pull Vooch away from the rim, and Mitchell yeah. Robinson was just getting position, and he's so big and so athletic, he was able to just go up and get the get the rebound like it was a defensive rebound. So yeah, if, you have, if you have two or three guys collapsing to the basketball because the, no one can guard the freaking ball, and they're running you know running to the basket pretty much free will, 
uh, at all times. Then you've got the weak side is just open for offensive boards all day. And Mitch Robinson uh, cleaned up on that. You could see him getting tip dunks. Just It's just easy, man. It's like there's no one there. There's no one to contest him at all. <laughs> so. Right. And, and once that started, the Bulls started to try and collapse a little bit more on the inside. And then the Knicks did a great job of kicking the ball out and knocking down some open three-point shots. You you mentioned the Bulls needing to get out on top, and I'm pretty sure he made two of those three-pointers on back-to-back, like, opposite corner shots, if I remember correctly. they were I, th- I think two of them were pretty much back-to-back. And th- it was just it was so disappointing to see the Bulls be play reactionary the, the last half of that game on defense and try and – instead of trying to be aggressive because when, you, when you're playing small, you have to use your athleticism. You have to use your speed. And you have to disrupt things because when the when the other team is bigger, they if they have time to set up and get things going, they're just going to shoot over you or they're just going to rebound over you like we saw tonight. So I would like to see the Bulls be a lot more aggressive on the defensive end. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Um, real quick, guys, I want to go ahead and plug our new uh, Daily Fantasy partner. Not necessarily as new anymore, kind of old at this point, but Sports Ethos. It's Thrive Fantasy. Pop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit. Up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props from the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the player with players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ETHOS. Over at thrivefantasy.com. That's right. It's .com. Um, so, uh, no, yeah, yeah. And here's some interesting things here, Trey. Uh, before the game, uh, I th- believe this was – was this yesterday or this morning? I don't know. But Billy Donovan was on uh, the score, I think it was. And he was talking about the Bulls' defense, which is interesting to me. Here's his quote. Everybody says we're playing – we're not playing a drop, Donovan said. We've never played a drop the entire year. Wooch should and should be up there at the level of the screen. Now, the other thing, too, is he's got to do two things. He's got to make sure that the roller is just not getting all the way behind his head. But when we start back a couple steps, that's not what we do, what we want to do. We got to get up higher, especially with a lot of these guards like Karius LeVert and like Garland who are really attacking. Um, interesting, really interesting uh, comments there because – I don't think anyone in the NBA or anyone that watches the NBA would think the Bulls aren't playing drop coverage. Am I wrong there? That's that's also the the most common thing in the league. So, you know. Honestly, it had been – I'd seen that Donovan had said something, but I hadn't seen the actual quote yet. So this was me hearing it in real time and processing it. So 
For me, it sounds like Donovan, I, but I don't know why he says all year, because there have definitely been times where it seems like there's been a prerogative for Vooch to uh, hedge a little bit more or to kind of even come up and double that, that they have tried that in a few, you know, a few instances throughout the year. But the majority of the coverage has been a lot of, you know, show just a little bit and but mostly just drop down and hope that the guys get over those screens. The reason the Bulls have struggled is because we don't have the guys to play that coverage. So those comments are quite puzzling to me. Um, I'm glad they're as puzzling to you. Yeah. Given the fact that you've had time to really process them, because, again, this is real time for me and I I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I, if that is the case, so let, let's take let's take this at face value and let's say that Donovan is, you know, obviously telling the truth. Uh, I don't know why he would have any incentive to lie. Uh, the issue then is that either Vooch can't or won't <laughs> do what he's being asked to do on the defensive end, which is a problem. That's got to be a problem, uh, you know, because because defense has to happen as a unit. So if the you if the defensive team, if the Bulls are expecting Vooch to be at the level of the screen and to, you know, uh, give a little bit of a hedge on that, on a, you know, ball handler or, or whatever it is, and that doesn't happen, you'll never be successful doing that. It's always going to be a lost, a lost possession because what you expected to happen isn't happening. You can't, and, you, and like you said before, Trey, you're playing reactive at that point. Cause at that point you say, Oh crap, something that wasn't supposed to happen has happened. Now I need to scramble to catch up to that. So that might explain a little bit what we're seeing on the defensive end here, but I, that's just the most perplexing thing because again, it means either Vooch can't or won't do it. Or he's just like, like has a mental, like he just thinks he has to drop, which is really strange to me. Right, because we've seen him do the doubles. We've seen him do the hedges. Like It's not like he can't do those things. And we also haven't seen Billy Donovan you know, bringing this up literally any time. Oh, yeah, we're almost at the end of the season at this point. Before, I, I, that I can remember, we haven't seen Vucevic you know, getting chewed out in the game. We haven't seen the players getting on to Vooch or kind of asking him, hey, what are you – we haven't seen any of that. So to me, this just – it just breaks up Billy Donovan getting caught – not thinking before speaking. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we have to kind of shelve that and come back to it at a later date. But that I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, again, first first quarter was good tonight. Um, basically, the second quarter onwards, it was it was basically all Knicks. I mean, there was no <clears throat> no denying that you know the Bulls were just playing from behind for the last three quarters here tonight. And the the Knicks are what? They're not even a 500 team. They're they're what's their what's their record on the season like? Let me see here. Uh, not very good. I know they're they're not. They are thirty four and forty two. Thirty four and forty two. Eight games below five hundred, and I think that includes their win tonight. So they're even worse uh, before their win tonight. They're eleventh in the Eastern Conference. The Bulls had to win this game. I mean, at the end of the day, they didn't they didn't necessarily have to, but now they're tied with the Toronto Raptors, who beat the Celtics uh, in overtime because the Celtics sat everybody. So now they're tied with the Toronto Raptors, uh, fifth and sixth. They do have the tiebreaker over the Raptors, so they are sitting in fifth still right now. But Trey, I mean, the- I I saw a a thing on the Bulls Reddit earlier today, and I haven't checked it to to verify, but it said if if the Bulls can go at least 500 over their last, I think it was eight games, four and four, 
they they need Cleveland to to go worse than seven and one to stay out of the play in. I don't see Cleveland going seven and one, but after this loss to the Knicks, I don't know that the Bulls are going to be able to go four and three, given the fact they're going against the Wizards, Clippers, Heat, Bucks, uh, Boston, Charlotte, and then Minnesota. That there's some heavy hitters in there, and I know Boston lost Time Lord, but. They didn't have Tatum or Brown tonight, and they still took uh, took the Raptors to overtime. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I bet the money line on the Boston Celtics tonight before uh, before or this morning, I should say, before Tatum and Brown were uh, ruled out, and of course they get ruled out. So I'm like, oh great, and then they still go to overtime and still lose. Uh, so yeah, that, that's always fun. But yeah. Um, Celtics are rolling right now. I don't really see us winning that game. We've got the Wizards tomorrow. I, I, you've got to win that game. Just got to win that game. Uh, Clippers, I think that could probably go either way. The Clippers are actually a tougher team than than they are on paper. Um, and they the, might have the Paul George. Potential, I was going to yeah. say potential Paul George. And Paul back. George is rumored to come back. That's right. He's uh, doing five and five in practice right now. Ty Luce said he'd be back within the week. Um, so that could be a game he comes back where he might come back their following game, but, uh, I, I don't know. That'd, that'd be tough. And then we've got the heat, of course, which, uh, always tough, always going to be a tough game. Um, bucks. I, I don't see us winning that one. If, if the bucks play everybody and they're healthy, uh, I know Drew Holiday has been dealing with some nagging injuries. They've sat Giannis here and there. So I think the bucks are really holding it for the postseason, but that's going to be probably a loss. Celtics rolling. Uh, I don't see it happening. Hornets, we should we should beat them. And the, and the Wolves, I mean, I think we should beat them too. So, yeah, I think, you know, f- four and three is possible, but I no, no way, shape, or form in my, in my confident, Trey. That's not – I mean, I can't say I'm confident that's going to happen. <laughs> Neither can I, so let's hope that the Cavs have a slide of their own. Yeah, and that's possible. Um, you know, still no Jared Allen. Um, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't know. I'm not really convinced that the uh, Karis LeVert fit is good with any team, honestly. I think he's a little overrated uh, because he puts up those empty points a lot. Uh, he had that one good year in, what, Brooklyn, I think it was. And, uh, yeah, I, I just don't see him as being an actual good player. And uh, so it's really a lot's resting on Garland for the offensive weapon there. So it, it's possible they go on the slide here. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping that the Bulls can – I think they'll stay out of the play-in. But I, I don't know, man, sixth – place looks like it, it could pop, possibly be where we end up and there's so much happening in the top four teams because we've got the celtics bucks and sixers all tied at a game behind the heat um so you know it, i don't know if it really matters all that much honestly if we end up sixth or fifth because there's just so much shuffling going on up there that we're gonna play who we're gonna play i mean we, we're right it's at, just about staying out of the play at this yeah. point it's really at the, where i'm at yeah, we're looking at the Heat, we're looking at the Sixers, we're looking at the Bucks, we're looking at the Celtics, obviously. Um, I think any of those is possible. Uh, I think we are going to try to get our Celtics guys on here to talk about uh, a potential playoff matchup. Obviously, they're they're uh, a little bit in mourning right now because of uh, Rob Williams uh, being out. But um, we'll see how that goes, man. It's, it's just this really sucks. It really is not not fun to, to lose this game. Um, but again, I hope tomorrow is better. Yeah, let's hope tomorrow's a better game. But again, I, I did like what I saw DeRozan. I liked what I saw our top, our top dogs, DeRozan and, and Levine tonight. Um, I thought they both played pretty well, you know, given how the game's being called and the physicality of the game. Like you said, they got to the line a lot of times. It's just the rest of the roster, man. We're just getting pushed around out there. Even like, um, I like the, here's two guys I'm going to shout out here that I thought played well 
and probably won't get their flowers because it's a loss and who cares who does well on a loss. But uh, Tristan Thompson and Javante Green. I thought those guys, when they were in, their activity on the offensive boards, their physicality was really uh, a game changer here. How many minutes did they get? Let me see. He probably did. I, don't, I bet you anything they played less than. Yeah, Javante got 14 minutes, and Tristan also got 14 minutes. I don't understand that, Trey. In a game like this, I mean, we're watching the same thing Billy Donovan and the rest of the coaching staff's watching. How do you look at this game and see that we're just getting demolished on the offensive boards, we're getting demolished on – I would have liked to see them try the Tristan Thompson next to Vooch lineup again or something like that. I would have just liked them to try something to give us a little bit more size, a little bit more physicality. Javante had a fantastic run there. Uh, he had two offensive – no, he didn't have two offensive rebounds, sorry. He had no offensive rebounds, but um, he was active on the offensive rebounds. I know he got a couple of fouls called on people, and Tristan had two offensive rebounds. So, I don't know. What, what do you think? And Patrick Williams. Yeah. Go Patrick Williams in there, too. Yeah, I don't know that you – when you look at the minutes, it's it's like where do you take the minutes from? Because you say Kobe White didn't offer us a lot on offense, and you would have liked to have had someone else in for the rebounds. But then you look, and Kobe got seven rebounds in 21 minutes. So like, it wasn't like he wasn't effective on the boards when he was in there, surprisingly enough, but I think Thompson would still have been more effective, probably boxing out and that sort of thing. But so Kobe paid, Kobe played 21 minutes. Um, IO played 36 minutes. Maybe yeah. you can trim four from him. I'm looking um, at IO. I'm looking at Caruso. And like, you know, I love Caruso. So like, 34 yeah, minutes. Yeah. I, I've said forever. I like him better at like the 28 minute yeah. mark. So, you know, six minutes there. There were places, I think, where you can find to trim. And if you have these guys playing a few less minutes, maybe they can ramp up that defensive intensity that we were seeing at the beginning of the year because we're not seeing it anymore. Yeah, and you've got DeMar playing 41 minutes again, um, putting miles on these guys, 36 minutes for Zach Levine, putting miles on these guys and before a back-to-back. Did Thibs come over and coach us on this for tonight? <laughs> like, did we just swap coaches? I was waiting. You know, I was waiting for that famous Knicks implosion that's been happening all year, and it didn't freaking happen, so I want my money back. Where is this Knicks team that I've seen all year just give up large leads and, and suck so hard when it came crunch time? Uh, this is not what happened. The Bulls were the ones that were the Knicks. So, yeah, I think we switched coaches for, for the night or something. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but – yeah, I don't. I don't know, Bulls fans. I don't have a ton more to give you because it's just so. I'm just so disheartened right now, and I know you probably are too. Um, so I don't want you to get like super, super, super duper upset. We have another game tomorrow. Let's focus on that. Let's get that win. Uh, like Trey and I said, you know, fifth place, sixth place, it doesn't really matter all that much because at the end of the day, you're gonna play one of those four teams no matter where you are. Um, and I really. At this point, I think I want the first seed. I mean, the Miami Heat, I think I want them in a matchup out of those four teams. Uh, Heat, Heat, Sixers, Bucks, and uh, and Celtics. Who do you want, Trey? Heat, all the way. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. So, you know, at the end of the day, even if we slide a sixth and, and they end up being, uh, what is it, third they'd have to be, I guess, uh, for us to play them, uh, you know, that, that's a preferred matchup. So, um, so you know, at the end of the day, don't worry too much about it, Bulls fans. Um this team's still there. Uh, the confidence level needs to get better. There is zero confidence out there. It feels like a um, couple of things I noticed, Trey, when the Bulls are catching the ball on the perimeter, like they're catching it with their feet in the air, which is something you're taught in AAU basketball, uh, you know, catch the ball with feet in the air. So you can, for the, especially for the purpose of 
uh, you know, attacking the basket. You catch the ball with feet in the air so that you can automatically make a move as soon as you catch the ball. You can make a quick move to take advantage and, and capitalize on a recovering defender. But they're catching the ball with their feet in the air and they're landing on their heels. And that's not a recipe for success. You have to you're like you're like holding your breath, being like, okay, this is not looking good because at that point, um, the Bulls are scrambling and they shouldn't be the ones scrambling on offense. You should be making the defense scramble. Um, and, and, and that's all just confidence, man. That's just confidence because you just don't know. Um, you don't want to mess up. You got it in your head that I don't want to mess up. So you start doing just things that, you know, you start second guessing yourself. So instead of you know taking 0.3 seconds to do something, you take 0.4 uh, seconds to do something. And that's just enough time for that defense to, to recover and, and beat you. And uh, I, I think we've got a confidence problem right now, Trey. I mean, do you see do you see the same thing I'm saying there? I think so. Yeah, the Bulls. Io seems to pass up some shots, and really, I think the Bulls need to get some easy buckets. I they haven't gotten out in transition. They haven't been able to get those easy shots to kind of get going. You, we saw out Burks get going tonight, but he had a couple easy shots before he started knocking down those wide open looks. So. I think if the Bulls could find a way to get those guys some easy buckets early on, may, maybe it, it would kind of translate into into better runs for them. But I just I would I feel like the offense it, it's not crisp and none of it is super quick. And it, I don't know that it it really has been for a long time. I just thought the Bulls got got away with it because they were able to get some easy buckets, and Demar was was just incredible with the shot making. And yeah. now that things have regressed and the Bulls aren't getting those easy buckets, I think the offense just just isn't sustaining. I really, I, I I hate to bring up Lonzo Ball, but I think the offense just really misses Lonzo Ball. Well, no, it's a great point. The thing is, like, um, even in the beginning of the season, we were like you well. mentioned, you mentioned a minute ago. Um, needing to speed speed up, being too slow about the decision-making. What Lonzo Ball does when he's out there is he is super quick with the, with the passing. Mm-hmm. And not only is he super quick with the passing, but he makes excellent passes to where as soon as you catch the ball, you can make a decision. And, okay. you know, you're not having to, to, get, to dribble the ball or, you know, worry about setting your feet or anything. Like, you're ready to go with a pass from Lonzo. Well, my father always said, you know, Coach Coach uh, Cork over there, as I was growing up, the ball needs to pop, right? The ball needs to hit you, and it needs to get out to the next person, or you need to, you know, make your move uh, within that split second because uh, the defense is going to recover when it's at a high level, it's competitive, and so the ball needs to pop, man. And the ball's not popping right now. When you look at the Spurs, uh, you know, typically how they play, uh, not now, obviously they don't have as much skill, but we, you know, I'm talking about like the, the Spurs that made the playoffs for however many years in a row, 30 years in a row, whatever the hell it was, and then you're talking about um uh you know the suns 22 i think yeah Go ahead, and, then, suns. And, then talk, and then you talk about the suns i mean you, you watch these guys play basketball it's it's a thing of beauty the ball pops as soon as that ball is caught they know exactly where their teammates are going to be um you know i see people on twitter all the time posting about Jokic and, and like the, like this crazy pass he passes the guy in the corner without even looking and it was like a curved pass so he knew where he was that's because he knows what that guy's gonna be like that's just confidence that's confidence in your teammates that's knowing where that guy's gonna be the bulls do not have that Everything right now is like stop stutter. It's like I'm not sure if this guy's gonna do the thing I want him to do, and it's really frustrating to watch. But it's like a very, it's a very zen thing. It's like not something you can force on. It's not, it's not even something you can coach into people. It's just something that happens with time and gelling. And at this point, it should be happening for the Bulls if it's gonna happen at all, and it's not. So I, I hate to break that first set bubble for you Bulls fans. It's gonna be an uphill battle here in the playoffs. 
Um, I don't think the Bulls are going to be favored over anyone. I hope they do get the heat because I think it's probably the best matchup for us. But, like, I, you know, a lot of times I don't buy into what national pundits say. But for now, this one, this one time, I do think that they are correct in saying that the Bulls um, – I've played above above their means most of the season, and it's going to be a tough playoffs. And I think I think Lonzo would have helped them a lot. And I think you're right about that. But we're not at this point. You and I are both pretty much saying I don't know if Lonzo's going to be back this season at all. Let's just pretend like he's not going to be here. Yeah, I I don't bring him up thinking oh he's going to come back and fix things. I bring him up thinking that come next year the offense should look significantly better. But tough loss tonight. Bulls really they they have to come out and and get a win tomorrow night for for me to have any faith in them to be able to to make some noise in the first round because you can't get punked like this when the standings are this close and not come come out and beat a team as bad as the Wizards. Yeah, let's hope for a bounce back tomorrow. Uh, that's gonna do it for us, guys. Uh, let's get some rest and uh, and get back at it quickly before we sign off. I want to also remind you all to use coupon code Hoopball20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at MyBookie.ag. Use code use code Hoopball on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at BSBPKeith if you want to commiserate. Uh, if you want to yell at me and tell me I'm wrong, find me there. Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And do follow the show, guys and gals, at Ethos Bulls. We uh, are going to get that thing up in the morning and get, getting some news out eventually at some point. But uh, yeah, go follow us. Please. It'll help us. Uh, get more to do that. But until then, go Bulls.